Welcome to the Stefan Levera podcast focused on Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Learn the technology and economics of Bitcoin by listening to interviews with Bitcoin's best and brightest. Today for episode 60, we have the Noddle team. They're a great young Bitcoin hardware startup offering a full nerd product, which I bought recently, and I've had a great experience using it. So the Noddle team are Iaskyu Wetau and Keto Miner, aka Michael. Here's the interview. Welcome to the show, Askiweto and Keto Miner or Michael. Hi. Hi, Stefan. Yeah, it's great to have you guys on the show. I had the opportunity to try out the Noddle myself, and I just thought it would be good to get you guys on. I like what you guys are doing. But before we get started, let's just have a bit of an intro from each of you. So Askiweto, maybe you just start. Yeah, hi. Well, we're really excited to be here. Um, we're regular listeners of the show and in we feel like you have a great lineup so hopefully the the same holds true afterwards um so kettle miner and, and myself um are have been running the noddle activity for a couple months now um i'd say roughly six months and uh we come from very different backgrounds i myself am trying to exit scam the the whole banking industry because i'm a banker <laughs> Um, and hopefully not for long. Um, but that's, that's where my, I don't know, like 15 years experience comes from mainly custody, uh, foreign exchange and all risk and compliance related type of jobs. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I personally, in my day job, I actually work in sort of more like risk sort of work. How about you, Keto Miner? Uh, I'm, I come from an electronics and uh, IT background, and uh, I'm like on and off in Bitcoin since 2014, trying to do some cool hardware around it. First started working on the hardware wallet actually in uh, in 2014, and uh, it was kind of too early, and the and the tech was not uh, not really ready. Uh, and I really came back two years ago with the first prototype of a hardware full node, and that's how it started. Excellent. So, look, let's. I think we should start with the why. So, ask you, Wetau, I know you've written uh, a piece here called Rise of the Nodes. I think that would be a great jumping off point to start our discussion today. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about the problem? What is it that, you know, we're, we're facing in terms of, you know, financial surveillance and so on? Well, I, I guess before the surveillance, because maybe that we, we talk about that a little more often. Um, I think just the the inability sometimes to easily conduct business um, cross borders with just anyone you want without anyone else meddling in is um, is even worse. Uh, obviously, there's the surveillance, but I think it's kind of cool with Bitcoin how easy it is to just do business. And I think we're lacking infrastructure, and so basically. You want to do business one-to-one, you have to set it up in a fairly complicated way because you can't really send invoices. And I think running your own node now with the BTC pay servers, et cetera, makes it just easy to set up a business in an hour and run it online. Now, the second thing is having a node in your shop also makes it easy to run like physical stores on the Bitcoin network in about no time. So I think it's really about doing business now. And it's the, the next level in um, you know, what we're trying to do is powering businesses. Fantastic. All right. And I think part of that is it's just been difficult for people to really participate fully in the whole Bitcoin economy just because of various technical difficulties. And I think that's, to some extent, that's what you guys are trying to solve with your company. So tell us a little bit of the background of how you guys got started. Well, sometimes when you, when we look back, I mean, I remember that one night we, we actually met um, at the local like Paris Bitcoin meetup where, where we go very often. Um, and I remember one night I was walking down the bar. It's a very dark place. And um, I passed a table where he was sitting and um, there were lights everywhere on the table. And I just stopped because I looked at it. It was the only thing that was bright in the bar. 
and he had that pile of devices sitting on the table. And um, I asked him what it was, and he was just trying to build all those those things. You know, you'll always see him with gear. And um, he stopped. He said, "Okay, that's my node. I'm trying to sync it. So you've got the battery. You've got the, I think it was um, a Raspberry at the other time. He has all those components lying around, and he's just trying to figure it out. And month after month, you know, he does the same thing. But um, it wasn't very satisfactory. And we never talked about it again. And um, just a few months ago, you know, the, the um, components get better, uh, the tests get better, and we figure out that there's nothing like that really outside. And the idea came along, like, slowly, but um, it wasn't, wasn't like we knew at first. It came after a while. So I think that's kind of funny, because it was there the, the whole time. Yeah, and I, and I would add that this Nodo project would probably never see the uh, never happen if uh, that old device that I had two years ago didn't die. Uh, actually, the this Raspberry Pi and the SSD I used uh, died after about one year, and uh, uh, I tried to revive it by any means, like replacing all the parts, and I figured out that it would just not sync in a reasonable time anymore. So I I started. Uh, iterating on different hardware and uh, since we have like 20 different combinations of uh, main boards and storages uh, that I tried before finding the one which gave me a reasonable sync time and uh, and satisfactory user experience. I love it that you've really come to this from a point of view of tinkering and you have been doing it by practice, right? Because sometimes people can spend time theorizing and understand, like thinking, oh, maybe this will work. But really, you've just kind of tinkered together and found what were the pieces that kind of made it work. And maybe later on, we can talk about you know, even my personal experience. I, I purchased a noddle and I've recently, you know, been setting it up over the last few days with some of your help. Um, but yeah, let's start then uh, talking about the, the components of the Noddle product. Let's go into that. Yeah, so the, the main ball we are using now, it's, a, it's public knowledge, is a ROG64 with 4 gigs of RAM. Uh, that differentiates it a lot from the Raspberry Pi because we have four times the, the memory amount on the board and we also we have much faster memory. Uh, and we also use SSD storage. As everyone knows now, SSD is uh, progressively replacing hard drives in the world and uh, and it's much, much faster, especially for access times. And this is very important because when you do initial block download and, and verification of the blockchain, your disk is actually spending a lot of time seeking from one place to another to reread old blocks and transactions. And uh, having an SSD removes totally this seek time. Uh, that's how we managed to achieve an initial block download in about 40 hours in most of the cases. Uh, we do have some issues, and I kind of tweeted about it uh, some time ago. Uh, with the reliability of the boards, we actually have 20 to 30% of boards which we just trash upon arrival. Uh, so it's uh, the supplier is not perfect, but we, we use them mostly because they share our... Uh, our belief that we should use open hardware as much as possible. And uh, actually, the guys from Pine64 started with a Indiegogo campaign a few years ago. And one of the goals was to build a really open platform. And uh, as opposite to the Raspberry Pi, which uses a proprietary uh, bootloader and uh, closed Broadcom chipset, the Pine64 products, and especially the ROG64, are using a much more open architecture. Fantastic. And Michael, can you please just help explain for the listeners what are the benefits there of that more open architecture as opposed to the proprietary closed source one? In one phrase, it's don't trust verify. Uh, if you have, if you run a closed architecture or closed computer, you don't really know what's running in there. Uh, the same reason uh, made us start using the Purism laptop for for building the Nodo. Uh, I just got mine one week ago and uh, moved all the development to to this computer because uh, I can verify exactly what runs on my computer. And uh, I think this is important for our users too. Probably no one did it yet, but if they want, they can just 
go in the source code of the bootloader, source code of the chipset, and, and check what's in there. Fantastic. And let's now talk a little bit about the Noddle, the software, the components that are available inside it. So let's just kind of go piece by piece. So obviously, you've got Bitcoin Core, um, then you've got um, what are the other pieces available or software? So currently, we have LND for Lightning. Uh, we plan to include C Lightning as a second choice uh, in the future, but it's not a, not a top priority right now, even if we have an increasing amount of users asking for it. We have Ride the Lightning, uh, which is a, a magnificent uh, front-end for LND. Uh, it covers, I think, 65% of the APIs now. You can really go deep in the in the functionings of LND and do anything you need with it. Uh, and we have uh, BTC Pay Server as a, as a payment processor and uh, now they also include the fundraising uh, engine, so you can uh, do your own uh, fundraising directly on your Nodo. Uh, also, not directly included on the Nodo, but uh, something we make easy uh, to connect is a Zap Desktop and Jour uh, browser plugin to manage LND and uh, send and receive transactions. Um, and uh, we are in the process of uh, releasing an update with LND Connect, which will allow you to connect just with a QR code to your uh, Zap wallet on your uh, iOS device. Fantastic stuff, yeah. And so, look, uh, maybe now it's a good time for me to discuss a little bit about my own experience. So I bought a Noddle. Uh, I bought the 500 gig version. I had a great experience. And what what I noticed is when you fire up the device you plug it's it was quite simple i mean you plug it in plug in the ethernet port and plug in the power um turn it on and off it goes and then you basically go on the website which connects like on your internal network and then that's where you can start doing all the things like you know and the other thing actually that might be a good topic to touch on as well is just around how the user actually installs their like installs bitcoin core and installs lnd and then does IBD. It's not even pre-synced. So can you talk to us a little bit about the process that the Noddle user goes through to take it from 0 to 100? Yeah, so the, the idea was to not, not preload anything on the device. So uh, actually, it makes any tampering during, uh, uh, during shipping uh, totally useless. Uh, when the user receives the device, um, you, it's kind of an app store type of uh, experience, even if there are very few apps right now. Uh, you just have these tiles on the home screen, and uh, you click on uh, install service uh, for Bitcoin D. And what it does, it goes to the official releases uh, repository, downloads it, it checks the checksum of the file, it checks the PGP signature of the release, uh, and then it uh, it just puts it in the correct places on the on the disk in the on the SSD in the Nodo, and it does the same for for every uh, every product. For some of them, there is a longer time needed because we compile from source. We don't do that for Bitcoin D because the the releases are signed. And um, and the compilation takes about two to three hours on this hardware, so it's not a very good user experience. Uh, if someone really wants, he can still compile from source uh, manually. We will uh, assist, happily assist everyone in doing that, uh, but it's really not necessary with signed releases. We will also, uh, since we embed the signatures on the device uh, in our uh, in our repository, uh, we will sign this repository using Frank Brown's code chain soon, uh, which will allow you to check that uh, what we provide to you is exactly the same that your neighbors get. Uh, making any um, any attack on uh, one particular person um, impossible. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, setup in terms of the device. And it might be interesting now just to talk about how we've got, there's this sort of, there's like an LND stack, and then you can kind of go the other pathway with C Lightning. So the way it is set up now, you've got Bitcoin Core, LND, and then you can uh, set up Zap 
to connect to your own personal noddle and you can obviously set up Jewel to connect there as well. Um, but then I suppose the other pathway that you could do is Bitcoin Core, see Lightning, and then use something like Spark Wallet. So are you getting many requests for that? And do you have thoughts on the using that sort of sea lightning stack so what's funny is actually the sea lightning fans are mostly located in germany and uh, um, uh, and we will be meeting them soon so i i i think we'll maybe try to provide this at least in a beta version for for them uh, by by the end of may uh but yeah definitely we need to have both stacks available on the device uh, c lightning has a totally different software architecture it's more modular it's uh it has some advantages of lnd i think it has easier state backup for example uh or even doesn't have all this uh, state backup problem that lnd has right now mm. The the idea behind the Nodo is to give the users the the most choice possible. So we we implement um, different uh, Lightning implementations, and we also want to implement different Bitcoin implementations. For example, BTCD, uh, which is more space efficient for the future. Fascinating. Uh, so I guess let's now talk about your typical customer. So maybe Askueta, you can cover this one. In your mind, who is the ideal customer for this product? I guess you have different types of customers, really. Like, we'll see some, like, anonymous type of customers where you get a name, you get a P.O. box, you send the noddle, and never hear from them again. And I think we we respect that because part of it is is to be able to service these people. Um and it doesn't really matter if we don't hear back from them at all. And then you have other people who are like willing to learn, who need some kind of way to get into the whole Bitcoin or Lightning um, experience and who weren't necessarily able to put it up together before, um, who will come to us and stick around, ask questions. And on our, our support channel, on, on the Telegram channel, you actually see people ask a ton of questions and then help others out afterwards, which I think is really nice. So, you know, there's a kind of community building behind it, which is which is really enjoyable to, to see. And from a business perspective, you have um, physical businesses. Um, and I think that gives a lot of power to the people because you can run your bar, you can run your restaurant. Um, we have like a, a chill professor um, who wants to, to run some of his activities on the, on the noddle. You can have all sorts of models that are very um, conductive to like sovereignty. So that's really, really interesting to us. And uh, the more physical stores you put on, um, the better, because I think you can reach some kind of network where some of your customers are actually running the same type of infrastructure. And um, I think that's really interesting to us. I know like we were looking for merchandise, um, you know, like selling t-shirts and stuff, everybody else does that. And for a while, we were looking for providers who could, um, suppliers who could accept Bitcoin as a payment because that's what we have. And we try to avoid the whole fiat thing if we can. And we couldn't find anyone. And basically what we're going to try to set up now, I think that should work, is um, one of our clients um, got an auto and they do that. They They rent shirts and all sorts of merchandising. And we're going to be able to pass on Bitcoin that we get from our customers to some of our clients and just build an ecosystem like that of businesses accepting Bitcoin. And that's a big step for us, I think. And to less fiat, um, you know. Yeah, I, I think the win for us will be when we'll be in a circular Bitcoin economy in which we'll be just receiving Bitcoin from our clients and passing it to our suppliers, which will pass it to their suppliers and so on. Yeah, so that's potentially the way it could go. But, um, you know, it, it may take years and years to get to that point, although obviously there are some people out there who can do that right now. Um, but I suppose let's kind of cut it cut that down in terms of different types of customers right so you might have the enthusiast who 
they don't necessarily have a business, but they just want to run a node just for the sake of, you know, having the additional privacy and because they want to play around with Lightning. Um, and then maybe you'll have some, you know, brick and mortar um, businesses. And I suppose you might also have some people who want to run an online business. Have you had any um, customers who have spoken to you about using the Noddle for that? So let's let's start with the first category. I'm really impressed with the enthusiasts part of our customer base. Uh, we have Jane in the US who is a, a great developer working on privacy coin, coins and uh, she's actually running like four different coins on the Nodo. So it's not even people who want to tinker with, L, with Lightning itself. It's people who like the hardware that we came up with and uh, using it for something totally different. Uh, so that's that's really great. I, I didn't expect it to, to be done so fast, actually. <laughs> uh, about online businesses, we have like a kind of a mixed uh, mixed customer who is running both his physical businesses to accept payments uh, through the embedded uh, BTC Pay server and using the Lightning uh, node of the Nodo for his online BTC Pay server. And this is kind of the what I call the best of two worlds solution. You host your BTC Pay server online uh, so you don't uh, disclose your IP address of your home and or business internet connection to the world by running it uh, inside your network. But you run LND on your node at home or in your business. So the payments don't stay on the online server. They go directly on your uh, physical node which you can protect physically from the outside world and this way only the online BTC pay server knows the IP address of your uh, LND node as long as you don't put some explicit name of, on it of course. Oh fascinating I didn't think about it that way but it makes total sense when you explain it that way so in essence people can set up their website with you know the front the public facing website BTC pay server um, but underneath that is actually what's generating, say, the addresses and generating the uh, in payment invoice requests and so on. That can all be done from your actual physical Noddle device. And I suppose that's that's what you're getting at there, Michael. Yeah, yeah. The only thing you have to do is to open the API port of LND on your network, and then uh, on BTC Pay Server, you can insert the connection string to your. Uh, external uh, LND nodes to the BTC Pay server. This way you can even use the free uh, BTC Pay server hosting. You don't even have to, to run a, a local node to the server. You just connect to your own node. Fascinating stuff. Yeah, and I, I've just found it really an easy way to get used to and get familiar with using some of these things in the on the mainnet. In the past, I just sort of fiddled around with things on a testnet basis, but I, th I actually found this was, personally was quite an easy setup. Um, and yeah, I've also had to play around with Ride the Lightning, that dashboard. Um, I thought that was a really cool dashboard and it it actually allows you to really see what's happening under the under the hood and you can actually break it down in terms of okay here's what channels i ha have open here are the payments made here are the you know here's the incoming capacity here's the outgoing capacity it's a really uh nice setup uh, do you want to talk a little bit around um perhaps some of the the i guess from a hardware point of view around you know comparing using this rock 64 and you know your hardware approach versus say the the rust pi approach uh, so as i told before actually the the main problem i had to solve is the initial block download time uh, currently if you have a good storage behind the raspberry pi it will take you somewhere between four and eight weeks uh, with our hardware, you experience it yourself. I, I don't know what was your particular time, but usually what we hear is 40 hours. Yeah, for me, it was around two days or so. And I think it might have been more about the internet speed than the device. I'm not sure. Yeah, roughly two days. Though. So yeah, I think that would have been about yeah, right. And there's also a luck factor, which which counts a lot because it highly depends on the peers that your node will select to download from. So uh, sometimes... Uh, for example, you can speed up the process if you connect to one particular node that you know has a fast internet connection on the other side, uh, or one of your own nodes if you if you already have one. 
Um, that, that was really the main main criteria I had. Uh, the other ones are more challenges than uh, than advantages actually because the Rock 64 is running a, a real 64 uh, implementation of Linux for ARM, and uh, many of the things we wanted to run on it are actually not compatible with 64-bit uh, architecture for ARM. Uh, for example, BTC Pay Server runs in 32 bits, and uh, because uh, Microsoft.NET is not uh, is not out of beta yet, totally on ARM64. So small small things like that, which makes our life complicated every day. Uh, that's why also uh, Electrum Personal Server is not yet on the Nodo. It's because of some 64-bit uh, dependencies being broken currently on the on the Linux distribution we're using. Uh, but I mean, this, this is what makes the product interesting, and uh, this is why we exist. If it was easy and just a plug-and-play install, we, we would not have any work to do. <laughs> well, yeah, it's giving you a job, hey? Um, okay, and I think the other thing is that there's there's different um, Bitcoin full node products out there, right? So there's the Casa product, the Casa node, there is uh, Bitseed, and I know Bitseed are pairing or partnering with Samurai to do the Dojo product. Um, obviously, there is, uh, you know, it would be remiss of me not to mention my good friend Pierre Richard and his node launcher as well. So there's many different options out there. Can you just comment a little bit on where you sort of see the Noddle compared to some of the other uh, devices? Uh, I think the Noddle is a really re- ready to use business solution. Uh... Even if you still have a solid uh, user base in the in the enthusiasts and bitcoiners, I I think the the real goal of the product is businesses. Uh, the Casa node is uh, is really a big part of the multi-sig system. Uh, I think it's not sold anymore as a separate product. You have to subscribe a, a key master subscription now to to get it. Uh, the Dojo is kind of a different type of product because, I mean, and the BitSeed, uh, I think it comes pre-synced, although the hardware would allow you to sync it yourself in a reasonable time because it's a, uh, it's a x86, so PC-based product. Um, I, I think the closest actually to the feature set of the Nodo is uh, Pierre Rochard's launcher because uh, <laughs> I... I didn't. I, I don't like to look at other products when I develop something because it tends to influence me, and uh, I like to do something on my own. So I looked at his uh, interface after I made the Nodo, and actually there are many similarities. It's pretty funny. Uh, for example, these uh, Joule and Zap Connect features are very close to what we did. Um, and yeah, it's. Uh, it's a very nice product. It's more for recycling your old PC, <laughs> mm. but uh, fe- feature-wise, it's very close. And um, we have other hardware products coming. Actually, uh, we have the Nodo Rack uh, coming. It's more for the for a data center situation. Uh, it's x x eighty six, so PC based uh, uh, server with. Uh, full redundancy so we have a double storage double motherboard double power supply uh, it's more for an online business who owns his own servers and wants to have a, a payment processor in a box for his uh, uh, hosted architecture it can also be used in some big business for example some uh, big store who wants some uh, rack mount solution instead of a small box uh, and redundancy because they rely on the lightning payments for for their business. Um, so this is this is coming pretty fast, and we will also uh, provide it in a hosted version. So you will uh, the same as you can set up your BTC Pay server with your Bitcoin and LND full node uh, on some virtual server today. Uh, you will be able to rent it from us on a physical server. Uh, as you may know, uh, any type of virtual server can be broken. It's just a matter of time. Uh, people can go out from the... For, for example, if you ho- co-hosted on a physical server, your virtual server can one day potentially be accessed by a person who has a virtual server on the same physical server you have. Uh, 
Amazon had some critical upgrades uh, to solve these kind of problems. Azure had. Uh, it's just a matter of time before all the virtualization systems will be broken uh, and then fixed, but it will be too late if your coins are stolen. <laughs> Meanwhile, so we believe in a cheap, dedicated hardware instead of a cheap uh, virtual servers. Yeah, that's a really fascinating point. That's something that I have I have heard of in terms of the cloud in you know cloud service provision, so software as a service. I've heard of some of these scenarios where in in a scenario where the device is multi-tenanted or the heart you know the um environment is multi-tenanted and um people talk about this concept of of the hypervisor breaking and you know a a hacker or someone sort of getting into not just one company's you know customers data but other customers you know so let's say amazon had multiple customers and their data was all on one um you know two or three different ones or whoever and where that hack happens, then actually they're, they're, they're not just, it's not just one customer of theirs whose data has gotten hacked, it's multiple. So that's a, it's an interesting point that you make there. And um, the other interesting one that came to my mind when you mentioned there around full redundancy, I suppose that is also a, a benefit for somebody who wants to run a more, let's call it, um, well, a more high-performant lightning router as well. So let's say you want to be more like a routing hub and you want that redundancy just because obviously there's a little bit more of a situation around the backups at this point, um, but that's perhaps um, a feature there as well. Yeah, totally. And there is another thing, uh, at least for C Lightning, we will probably see the first hardware lightning wallets coming on the market pretty soon. There is a lot of work happening around that right now. Um, and you can't plug a hardware wallet in a virtual server. Right. And so in this case, then you're basically implying there that most businesses would either want to host, you know, actually have the physical server in their own premises, or they would, well, in that case, they would, because obviously they've got the hardware wallet and where they're comfortable not having the hardware wallet, then they could potentially rent a physical server from you guys at the Noddle team. Yeah, totally. And with the included hardware wallet or, or a signing device to connect directly to this physical server. Obviously, there is still a lot of work around this to to prove that we actually provide the physical nodes to the customer, uh, but that's something we're working on. Fascinating stuff. And can you tell us a little bit, I, I'm not as familiar, obviously I've heard of this concept of the hardware lightning wallet. Can you outline a little bit just for the listeners who aren't as familiar on what that is and how it might work? Uh, so... The only thing I know about it is what I heard at HCPP18 from Stepan, who, were, who was working on it at the time. Um, basically, from what I understand, in C-Lightning, the, the key signing part is a separate module, and they just move it to the hardware instead of running it in a, in a software library. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. So every time some transactions comes to the nodes to be routed, it goes uh, to be signed inside the hardware device and then out. Obviously, it's not perfect because this div- this hardware device has to be always on. It will not go to sign manually every time some transaction is routed by your node. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Okay, and then so I suppose coming back to sort of full circle in terms of comparison of the Noddle with some of the other products out there, I guess one of the key differentiators, as I understand you then, is really around making the product work for a business user. So right now, let's say the Casa is probably more, Casa and the Bitseed products are probably more targeted towards an individual, um, whereas the Noddle product, because obviously you can run BTC Pay Server on it and it's very sort of one-click install built into the product, it's probably very well suited for a business user. Yeah, and, uh, and this is really how we want to help uh, adoption of Bitcoin in physical businesses. We we want to go, uh, we, we hope to go one day door-to-door and just propose physical businesses to to implement Lightning for them and allow them to uh, to accept payments in the in the box you receive the bitcoin accepted here sticker 
it's a sticker design to be uh, glued to the front door of a business, uh, the same as Visa or Amex. Uh, and this is really what we want to have. Fantastic. And I think also from a price point of view, then let's talk about kind of the differentiators there. So let's say you're a business owner and you're, you can either buy the Noddle product for something like four or $500. Um, I guess really the only other alternative would be if they were to just have an old laptop lying around um, and they would use that. Um, but ultimately, if they weren't going to do use a Noddle product, they would otherwise have to buy sort of a full-on computer and that might cost a little bit more than what kind of the Noddle product is and it might not be as kind of one-click install. Yeah, I, I'm not sure actually this is what they would do. They would probably uh, just uh, host their payment solution online uh, on some cheap uh, VPS server. Uh, like you can do, there is this one-click install for BTC Pay server on Luna Node, for example. I think this is the our our main competitor in this field. Uh, but we we can kind of solve it by factorizing a, a hardware node between many businesses. For example, if you have one street with 10 or 20 shops, uh, each making a few transactions per day, they could agree on buying one together and uh, putting it in one place and just all connect to, to one physical node, uh, not necessarily having one box in every business. Right, yeah. And... I think the other thing is obviously many of my listeners are not just kind of the normal person. They're typically Bitcoin enthusiasts. And so for them, it's a good idea for them to have an understanding of the different products that are available and the different you know software such that when their friends who aren't so familiar with Bitcoin ask them, they can recommend the right tool for the job. So that's kind of what I was hoping to get at there just to kind of delineate between some of the different options. Um, so I suppose for some of my listeners, they might like to, if they've got uh, a merchant coming to them and asking what's a good way to do it, well, this might be a good option in that case. Um, okay, so maybe let's talk now a little bit about things like uh, sales volumes and kind of how you're going so far over the first six months and sort of where you see it going. Maybe uh, ask you Weta, you can uh, add some comments on that. Yeah, well, we don't really discuss the the whole sales volume kind of um, sure um, you know details, but um, we're we're still in in this phase, I guess that's almost like a testing phase in the sense that we are selling products and we're following up on it, etc. But I guess that the crowd that we're we're really talking to right now is still really enthusiastic or, or people who have a fairly good understanding of Bitcoin. Um, we don't sell for anything else than Bitcoin for the, for the time being, for example, meaning that in a way we're kind of filtering who our customers are. Um, you know, we, we've had a few people reach out to us saying, oh, can do you accept credit card payments, et cetera? And we've actually turned them down um, because I guess the timing wasn't necessarily right. Um, we want to make sure we get it right. And... Um, you know, there was a lot of testing before we launched, and in a way, we're still testing, you know. So we, we want to be cautious. Um, the thought process behind it was we want to make sure when we launch something, that it actually works. Because um, reputation is really important, and, um, you know, there has to be some kind of follow-up on, on our side. Um, but the, the reception has been overwhelmingly positive um and i think at first we were pretty surprised um and it really helped us uh or convinced us to to move further um you know along this this path um we weren't sure exactly where we were going at first um because it's still a, a small operation i mean it's the two of us it's organic uh there's no funding at all um so you know it's maybe slightly different than other businesses you see around in this, in the, in this space. Um, it's really a small project for the moment that's, you know, getting bigger, but um, we have to nurture it in a way. Fantastic. And I, I noticed really that the support channels and so on are quite uh, well, it's well supported, right? So there's a telegram group and you can just join there and post your questions and, 
um, my experience was pretty good in terms of um, getting help to set things up and you know obviously there's uh, you'll um any of the listeners you'll probably recognize a few of the faces in the telegram chat group if you come in if you buy a noddle and you come in the chat group for the support on that um did you have any other comments just around how it's going with the early adopter customers well the thing is i guess you know the chat room's a good experience and and i think you learn a lot there but um like the Noddle is like this dedicated always-on type of device, you know, and that's really the whole concept and the design behind it. But the support channel is pretty much always-on too. And um, and one thing is like Kettle Miner never sleeps, so he's pretty <laughs> active there. And he's helped a lot of people around. And like I, as I said earlier, it's you, you see other people now who've been helped by some of the users helping other people too. So I think the whole learning experience for us and for everyone else is is really good and it can only get better. As long as, you know, the products, the features continue being de- developed, I think your future looks bright. You know, it's like six months is a very short period of time and there's been already a lot of change in the, pe- in the product and in the feature set. So it's fast. It's really fast. Yeah, that is... And I don't think any of those nodes existed like just a year ago, you know? There's a space. And I think it's encouraging to also see the other nodes around um, because they're different. And we'll see in five, 10 years, you know, where all these go. But I think they're here to stay. And a lot of the features that are different are by choice, by design. And everybody's coming from a different, you know, perspective. Um... And I think that's what what's really interesting. And for the end users, I think it holds a lot of promise that someone's going to figure out something that's going to be perfect for them. Excellent. And um, maybe we could just talk now about any common sticking points when people are setting up. Maybe, um, Michael, you could comment on any advice you have for listeners who, when they buy their noddle, things to watch out for when they're setting it up. I think the main thing to to consider is to running a UPS uh, device, you know, the un, uninterruptible power supply, uh, like some APC or Eton or, or anything. You don't need a big one. Uh, any smallest model will do because the model is uh, consuming only 5 watts. Uh, do yourself a favor and plug your router and your nodal into into the UPS. This way, if you have a power cut or a power surge, uh, you will not fry everything. Uh, the only case we had a device coming back to us uh, to fix is after a power cut during an upgrade. Uh, so th- this is really the main uh, main thing to consider. Also, if you have a power cut during some writing in a Bitcoin D files, uh, they can become corrupt sometimes and you may have to resync from scratch. So it's really a small investment. It's 50 to $100 tops uh, and it will save your life. <laughs> right. And especially if the um, uh, you don't want to lose the, uh, the amount of money that you have in lightning channels at the, mo- at the point that you have a power cut, right? So you you won't lose any money if the device comes back up one day uh, by how lighting is designed, but it increases the risk of data corruption on the on the drive. So uh, that that's the main risk actually. Ah, uh, okay, right, yeah. I was just thinking more like if you accidentally you know publish a, a, an out of date state in Lightning, and then your channel partner punishes you by um, you know you know if you weren't intentionally trying to scam them, but if you're channel partner then um their software then punishes you then perhaps you could lose money that way as well yeah so so the only case that that would happen i think is if you uh, manually make some backup and uh, restore it at the previous state which we don't really allow users to do except if they have some uh better knowledge of uh, linux command line right so anyway that, that that's a pretty uh Right, it's a bit more of a niche or a very rare case. Yeah, understood. Okay, so... Uh, uh, I'll do my uh, Elizabeth Stark for just one minute. Don't put more money in lighting that you can afford to lose anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is still hashtag reckless. (laughs) 
Okay, so let's talk a little bit about future features coming in the Noddle. I think one that I have heard around the community is Electrum Personal Server. Um, have you got any other ideas? Uh, what's coming up? Oh, and obviously you mentioned Sea Lightning as well. Yeah, so Sea Lightning EPS, but one really big feature coming uh, very soon, like. Uh, it's actually running in our test devices. We are just waiting for mainnet. Is the Whirlpool mixer from uh, Samurai guys? Uh, so basically, that that's a kind of a challenge for us because it means you will have some private keys on the node which you don't have now except for Lightning. Uh, but if you run the embedded BTC Pay server, uh, you can set your uh, Samurai wallet address as a as a payment address, and then all the coins you receive in your BTC Pay server will be mixed by Whirlpool automatically. Uh, or you can just uh, use the same seed as on your Samurai wallet on uh, on the Whirlpool mix on the, your uh, Nodo, and uh, you have an always on mixer running. So any transaction you receive on your phone on Samurai will be automatically mixed on your on your Nodo and put back in your wallet. Wow, that's fascinating. So that, yeah, that's really cool. Because, uh, yeah, I knew the Samurai guys were looking to obviously do that sort of stuff in their Dojo Node product, and I knew they were looking to open source it. But I suppose it sounds like you have, uh, you're have you looking at a way to basically implement that into the Noddle. Yeah, so, so they provided the binaries to us to test. Uh, they are very happy about the results, and... Uh, we hope that mainnet will be launched pretty soon. That's excellent. So can you tell us a little bit about how that would work? So let's say the user has, obviously, they've bought their node or they've set it up, they've run BTC Pay Server, and then they would put in, would it be some kind of setting up the same Memnon Exceed on the Noddle product as what they have on their phone, and then the payments that come to their phone would be mixed by the device? Or how, how would that work? Yeah, exactly. Since uh, since the seed defines the the wallet, you actually just provide the same seed phrase to to the nodo, and it will be encrypted and stored inside the the Whirlpool product. And then you export your XPub key from your Samurai wallet, and you insert it in BTC Pay. Actually, you can do that with any BTC Pay. It doesn't have to work to be the one from the nodo since it's all the same wallet. It, it just used the yeah, BTC pages using your expert to generate uh, addresses address for you to to generate addresses. Yeah, fantastic stuff. I... And then it comes into your Samurai wallet. It got mixed. It get mixed, and uh, I think it's not yet implemented in the in the Android wallet, but it will be coming at the same time as uh, Whirlpool mainnet. You will have a flag on each of your transactions on your wallet to tell you if it's mixed or not. Yeah, that's really cool. I can foresee, and I understand you right now, it sounds like you're mainly targeting towards business users, but uh, if, if if that sort of works very nicely, I could see a lot of enthusiasts being interested in this product as well because then it helps from a privacy point of view massively. Yeah, of course. And one thing we are doing, for example, on our online store is, uh, so currently we don't have Whirlpool mainnet yet, so we are using Wasabi Wallet, but all the payments we receive from customers on uh, Model store we we mix in Wasabi Wallet, so I think anyway, you you not only do yourself a favor by mixing your, the coins you receive, but you also help the people who sent you the coins. Oh, exactly, because you're helping increase the size of the anonymity set. Yeah, and you protect the privacy of your customers. Yeah, that's a really uh, interesting point because I think um, some have commented, I believe Francis Pouliot has been discussing some of that as a concept as well of whether a Bitcoin exchange should try to mix customer coins for the sake of maintaining their own customers' privacy. So it's an interesting point you raise around whether Bitcoin businesses in general should try to think of ways to use coin mixing, coin join, etc. to help do the same. Yeah, totally. I think anyway, in a, in a Bitcoin economy, or you do it uh, fully and uh, and you respect that, or or just don't do it at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fascinating stuff, guys. That's really interesting. And I suppose let's turn now a little bit to the future of these products. So I think you were touching on this a little bit in terms of making some of the products available for businesses using the Noddle Rack. Um, do you have any other thoughts to add on that kind of idea of where you see all these kind of node as as a product uh, or a node as a service products? 
Um, I, I, I think as the demand will grow for big businesses, we will just iterate on the on the rack. Today, it's a very small power product uh, to be to be able to sell it and run it on the budget. Uh, but uh, we hope seeing some big businesses coming to Bitcoin and Lightning one day, and they will require a totally different kind of hardware. Uh, we kind of announced last year a very big uh, rack mount server, but uh, I mean we we can implement it right now if someone asks, but we don't provide it as a ready to to buy product uh, because we are talking uh, twenty thousand dollar product. It's not something we can keep in stock uh, just for mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Uh, so we can build it to order, but uh, yeah, I think this is really the the main thing. I, why not seeing some Walmart or I don't know Costco or some chain like that having some uh, big nodal rack in their main data center, which is processing all the payments? That that would be the the dream evolution for me. Or a large shopping mall or something like that with tons of different stores and different users, different owners. Yeah, well, one thing we are working actively on too is uh, being able to run multiple lightning uh, nodes on one node because as you may know uh, it's a custodial uh, product like a lightning node is a custodial product so if you're on btc pay and lightning on your node you will be able to have only one node one lightning node today uh, for all the users of btc pay server and btc pay server is multi-tenant uh, so if you have some group of stores that use one node, they would have to share one lightning node and then split the funds somehow after they cash out the, the channels. Uh, so we are, pr- we are working on a solution to have multiple lightning uh, demons running on one device. Ah, right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I guess you are trying to help uh, each, each, in that example, you could have each shop kind of having their own little instance, if you will, of Lightning LND running rather than having to share and then therefore having to have it all hosted into the same BTC Pay server. Yeah. Uh, another thing we have to work on is uh, user education around Lightning itself because uh, people don't really get uh, the channels concept uh, right and sometimes we have users coming and uh, saying, okay, so I've opened one channel uh, to X and I can't receive mm, payments. Yeah. Uh, and we have to explain that it's normal because the funds are on your side, not on the other side. The next RTL UX and, uh, should help with that because you will see each channel and, uh, and the cursor of the balance on each channel, uh, right or left. Uh, but uh, we hope to help that too with a channel opening service so when you get your nodder you will be able to request a channel from us to you Uh, we have some pretty well connected nodes and then you will be able to receive uh, payments without thinking about it oh okay so it's sort of similar to Thor's bit refill service where they will open the channel to you to provide you that incoming capacity yeah yeah that's an interesting one and 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 that's that's how we partly reinvest the funds we get from our customers. Actually, we we allow some percentage of uh, all the sales of nodes to opening channels. Oh, it's really uh, clever. Very um, very good foresight there. And I think the other thing to add there is just that Lightning is still early. We are still using single funded channels, right? Uh, once we have dual funded channels, then a lot of this concept of people like users having to do manual channel management some of that will go away because they won't have to think so deeply about oh okay i've opened a channel that this way but do i have incoming capacity and so on um but yeah i think the i think maybe it might be interesting just to touch on education um ask you Weta, do you want to just touch touch on um education for your users and perhaps how your company can help um teach them um to kind of learn bitcoin the right way well yeah maybe it ties into that too is like one last aspect for for the previous question kind of is um the the whole concept of being open in in you know being customizable upgradable etc as a product is 
customers from Noddle are going to be able to benefit from the features that are going to be built by people other than us who are going to come up with great new products or, or services. And it's hard to predict the future when it's going to be created by someone else. Um, but as a customer, you're going to benefit from that as soon as it's ported to the platform, really. So I think that's really interesting. And so you're going to get services, products, and the added knowledge and benefit of this still being very new. And we're pretty much all learning together at the same time. Um, then as far as, as like how we can help, I think putting up some large businesses onto the noddle and documenting it and showing other people how you do it and what are the benefits and how different it is to run a Bitcoin business really um, than uh, the, the traditional fiat business I think would be would be very beneficial for everybody it, because we're going to learn along the way too. Um, you know, right now our business is a Bitcoin business and, and we're learning too. Um, it, it's hard to convert large amounts of uh, Bitcoin every day um, while kind of staying under the radar. That's one problem we have to deal with. Um, so there's lots of stuff to learn and not everything's technical. A lot has to do with the setup and, and I think everybody benefits from those lessons. So we need to share more maybe. Yeah, and I, I just think just in general, it's a great way for people to learn about Bitcoin and Lightning just by you know using the product and buying a noddle and giving it a go. And then in some ways, you're helping monetize the education of people to some extent because you're providing support for those users as well. So they can kind of get familiar with how to use LND or C-Lightning and these different products. And I think that's um, a, a nice way for more and more people to kind of learn about Bitcoin um, so look, we're coming close to the end of time. So I'll just give you guys a chance to, if you have any sort of closing thoughts and you know you want to finish and just mention some of the key benefits of the Noddle and obviously just mention also for the listeners where they can find you guys. Well, I guess for the Noddle, what you're getting right now is a device that's dedicated to running Bitcoin, Lightning, and you know adding more features and services along the way. But as of today, as an individual or as a business, fairly easily, um, you know, let's not kid ourselves, it's, it's still a process, but um, fairly easily you can run your business and you can do it by yourself. Um, it helps sovereignty. It helps privacy. It'll be even better when you go through Whirlpool, et cetera. But um, that's what we're going for, you know, individual freedom and privacy. Um. The best thing people can do is just come talk to us. And, um, you know, we need to talk more. We need to be available and just reach out. Um, you know, it, it's fairly easy to contact us. So, uh, and we're more than happy to, to meet people and discuss all these things. Yeah. And I would just add, don't be scared because we, we believe in self-hosting everything. So we are not on GitHub. We have our own private GitLab server. Don't hesitate to create accounts on there. We will not spy on you. We will not keep logs of what you're doing. Just come request features, uh, fix bugs if you want to. Uh, everything is open. Everything is uh, out there. So just just come to talk to us on Telegram. We also support people not having models and just uh, playing with Lightning. We have a great community of uh, other developers. We have Richard Myers from Gotena. We have... Jack Maros from Zap on our Telegram channel. Uh, it's a really great community and we're very happy to have them. Fantastic. And perhaps if you could just finish with the website and so the listeners know where they can go if they want to buy a Noddle. So Noddle.it is the website, the main website. Excellent. All right. Well, I'll, I'll make sure all the links to that are in the show notes as well. Uh, and yeah, look, thanks very much, guys. I think you guys are doing a great job at helping... Uh, make it easy for newbies to set up and use Bitcoin and Lightning. And thanks again for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having us, yeah. Thank you for having us. I hope you got some knowledge out of that conversation with the Noddle team. And if you aren't already fully noted, I hope you're now inspired to run a full node. So my hope is that we see an ecosystem of many high-quality full node options in Bitcoin, and I want to help encourage listeners to 
be aware of those options. So the chances are, if you're listening to my podcast, you're more likely to be a hardcore Bitcoiner. So within your group of friends, you're probably the one they'd come to for Bitcoin advice. So my suggestion is let's be equipped with the knowledge around some of the different products and use that to select the right tool from the toolbox for the job. So some of the options as I see them, there's obviously Pierre Richard's Node Launcher. It's probably the cheapest of the options. It's great software. It's easy to install on a Windows or a Mac. It's ideal if your newbie friend has an old laptop or a PC lying around. Remember, they don't have to leave the PC on all the time. Even if it's only on six hours a day, you can just turn it on, sync it, and then use it as needed and then turn it off. You got the Casa option, which is a great option if you want to join the Casa sort of ecosystem with multi-signature and that. And they've got a very nice, easy pre-sync and setup with Bitcoin and Lightning. There's the coming Dojo product from Bitseed and Samurai Wallet. That'll be useful for those concerned with privacy. It'll have things like Whirlpool mixing and the ability to pair your phone wallet with the device. That'll be nifty. And then obviously you've got the Noddle, which is perhaps a little more expensive than the Casa, but also a more powerful hardware. And it'll be it'll have a big difference in that it's got BTC Pay Server, so it's very handy for merchants or anyone looking to set up to take online donations in a fully self-hosted, self-sovereign, fully validating way. So if you're interested in the Noddle, check them out. The links are in the show notes. It's noddle.it. As usual, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you share it on Twitter, Telegram, forums, Reddit, etc. Uh, follow or DM me on Twitter. My handle is at Stefan Levera and the show notes are stefanlevera.com. Thanks and chat soon.